Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast, a series for recruiters by recruiters. I'm Danny Reinert, and in each episode, I have candid conversations about careers in recruitment with some of the best talent that Teamings has to offer. They'll be giving you a glimpse into the highs and lows of their recruitment careers, their motivations and drivers, and their secret to success in the industry. You can listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other favorite podcast platforms. Let's meet our next guest. Heather, hi, good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Danny. How are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to join me today. I know you're extremely busy at the moment, so I appreciate you taking the time. That's absolutely fine. Thank you for having me as well. Honestly, very honoured. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny, a lot of people say that. I'm like, oh, that's nice, good. I um, Lovely stuff. So, Heather, for those that don't know you, could you give us a quick introduction to sort of how long you've been at Eames, the role you do and the market you work in? Yes. So I am a principal consultant um, here at Eames Consulting, basically heading up the regional and personal lines proposition for the business. Um, so what that looks like from a regional perspective, that's looking after broking, underwriting and claims across uh, across across both commercial and personal line space. Um, and from a sort of personal lines perspective, I head up and look after basically the, the full of the UK, including London as well. Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, very busy. Yes. Um, lovely stuff. So um, you've been with Eames for just over a year and a half now, haven't you? About a year and seven months. Is that right? Yeah, unbelievably so. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before you worked with us, you were based up in Glasgow, weren't you? So um, tell us a little bit about that transition, because you've done something pretty brave. You didn't just move to a new company, you also moved to a new city as well. So what kind of spurred you when you were up in Glasgow? You had sort of three years recruitment experience at that point to decide you were going to look outside of Glasgow and, and move to London. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I think for me, the pandemic actually put quite a lot of things in perspective for me, um, to be honest, just in terms of what I wanted to achieve professionally, but also mm -hmm. just in life as well. Um, and I think during that time, particularly within the recruitment agent, um, agency space and the recruitment space, it was very turbulent, I think, for some businesses, just, you know, not really knowing where things were going to head and what yeah. outcomes were going to be. We had furlough. Um, and the company that I worked for at the time, they were going through a, a full sort of restructure um, in the sense that, um, I mean, I've always been an insurance recruiter through and through. So um, for them, because they covered loads of different elements within the recruitment space, insurance became less of a priority. Okay. And I just think with everything going on, it just felt like everything aligned for me to maybe step outside of that and look elsewhere and yeah. maybe focus on somewhere that's maybe going to be a bit more industry specific for me to kind mm -hmm. of further my career within. So that was a kind of reason behind me looking elsewhere. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm sure there will be people watching us. I think you're right to reference, you know, COVID and the pandemic, because I think it's opened people's minds up a little bit as well, especially with things like flexible working and things which we'll talk about a little bit more in a moment. But for anybody that's kind of watching this and maybe thinking, oh, maybe that could be right for me to think outside of where I'm based right now and that specific geography. What advice would you give to people if they're thinking about it to kind of embark on that journey successfully? Yeah, I would definitely say doing your research is incredibly mm. important. And I think for me, I recognise the importance of 
recruitment agencies as well. And I know you won't like me saying this, Danny, but I did use a rec to rec to find teams. <laughs> I'm but... amazing against rec to rec because I run a TA team internally for Eames for anyone that doesn't know that. So we, we use the rec to rec when we need to. But yeah, we do like to do as much direct hiring as possible. But it's OK. Don't worry. It's fine yes. that you use direct to rec. <laughs> but I think for me, it was really because it was like somewhere completely outside of my comfort zone. You know, it's mm. technically a new country and in, in some yeah. manners of it. And um, I just wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision and I had all the, the best companies, you know, put in front of me to kind of make a sort of calculated decision from where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest, I'd be quite confident in saying, you know, out of all of the companies I looked at, um, Eames by far was the best choice um, yeah. for me to make just for so many different elements that, you know, right. business offers really. Fantastic. Good. And when you um, when you initially started working with us, you were 100 percent remote for a while, weren't you, while you were still based up in Glasgow? Do you think that having the flexibility to do that kind of gave you a better landing into the business than when you did eventually move down? Oh, my goodness. Yes, it definitely Mm. did. Um, The reason I say that is because I think, you know, to have relocated somewhere during a pandemic, you know, I think it would have been very isolated. And I think yeah. because Eames had that flexibility, I mean, I, I didn't really know anyone in London before I moved here. Mm. Um, so for me to have, you know, almost this time to find my feet, um, understand the business, understand yeah. how things worked. Um, and I think it really pushed me to almost make more of an effort with the wider team you know get to know people you know engage with them have video calls you know catch yeah. up calls and I think it, it probably encouraged me to try and prove myself that little bit more um yeah. because I hadn't met with anybody I just wanted to say do you know what you brought me on as an experienced hire this is what I can do <laughs> yeah absolutely I think that's a really good point and I remember the first time I met you in the office but before that point we'd done lots of training together lots of video calls and chats and I was like oh my goodness you're a real person and here you are but you'd already formu- um, formulated so many of those relationships so yeah makes that's great advice and you you referenced um at the start of the call Heather that you have obviously always been in insurance recruitment so um, just over four and a half years what was it and, and that's the you know a big part of what we do at Eames so that transition and bringing you in has been fantastic what was it about the insurance industry itself that really interested you initially when you first moved into recruitment you thought that's the sector that I want to recruit into truth be told it was a bit of an accident um <laughs> falling into the insurance market but interestingly enough when I have a lot of conversations with candidates around you know the insurance space it turns out quite a lot of people do fall into insurance mm-hmm. um but for me um I knew that I wanted to work in a sort of semi-corporate kind of job you know dealing with yeah. um professionals um I suppose you know people who are really experienced had good knowledge and and just really people who I suppose can have really sort of valuable conversations with you as well so for me um, I did fall into the insurance space but I mean after a couple of months I knew that it, it was kind of the, the area that I wanted to specialise within I just took to like a duck to water um, yeah. I found it really interesting I still do find it interesting um, and yeah I just loved speaking to underwriters brokers I just love learning every single day there's always something more to learn within the insurance space which I just love. 
fantastic yeah it's evolving isn't it absolutely yeah. and do you think fight working and, and you very honestly said you know you fell into it most people also say that about recruitment right as well you know yeah. you don't meet many people these days that go I grew up as a little girl or boy wanting to be a recruiter um it's sort of a happy accident yeah. but do you think working in a sector that you did click with and you've learned to love and you found genuinely interesting do you think that's made a difference to your actual then performance as a recruiter and the bonuses you've earned and the successes that you've had do you think those two things are intrinsically linked absolutely yes um and the reason i say that I, I think you know initially having valuable conversations with people is great but actually having something that you can contribute to the market as well and um you know offering advice offering you know information little nuggets of you know detail that they might have not to candidates mm. that maybe they wouldn't have found out before or anything like that having that kind of um, specialist knowledge strangely enough which yeah. you just kind of develop over time and I say that to you know any of the new C ACs that we bring into the business um, you will get there <laughs> you know mm. you're not going to know everything straight away um, mm. just talk to as many people as possible absorb as much information as you can and eventually you know you'll start to have you know information to contribute as well yeah so, absolutely yeah. yeah that knowledge doesn't come overnight does it so yeah. I suppose from what you're saying there that idea of asking lots of questions and just wanting the knowledge and I know it's an analogy that's overused but being a bit of a sponge and yeah. just being genuinely interested in what people are telling you and saying and and retaining that you know builds that knowledge quite naturally then doesn't it that you can then use yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And the other thing I've heard about um, the insurance market is, um, you know, from the guys that I've chatted to at Eames and other companies, is people in that space, broking, underwriting, et cetera, they, they tend to be quite conversational. They want to talk. They kind of like, they enjoy talking about what they do. Um, and uh, have, have you found that yourself as well? Definitely. I mean, I will be honest, it is 100% a mixed bag, but... Mm -hmm. Absolutely, there is. Um, the vast majority of people are more than open to having a conversation with you, even if they're not looking for a new job. They're yeah. happy to hear about what's out there, what the market looks like, what the challenges are. Um, you know, is there any um, developments that we're seeing on the horizon? That mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, um, yeah, there's always value to be added somewhere, whether that's yeah. from a candidate's perspective or from your perspective. And I think people are more than happy to just even if it's just, you know, a 10 minute conversation or a half yeah. hour conversation, it's it's always valuable. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice to, to junior recruiters as well who might be watching this or, you know, kind of AC level. And sometimes they might think, you know, well, I know I need to build these long term relationships with candidates. I know it's not all going to happen on the first phone call. But, you know, if a candidate isn't looking for a job right now, well, what do I ring them and say next? And how do I stay in touch with them? How do you build that relationship? And because sometimes I think there's the perception as, ju as juniors that all they've got to offer is, I've got this vacancy, yeah. do you want to talk about a job? But what you're saying absolutely rightly there is, there's more value you can add by having, you know, brief touch points and conversations, talking about the market, checking in, et cetera, um, even if a candidate isn't looking at all or is or is very passive. Yeah, I would say to a certain extent, you have to be kind of creative about it and, mm. you know, start to think a little bit more outside the box. If you know that you've got your eye on a candidate, you know they're not looking right now, but, you know, maybe six, 12 months down the line, you will have something that is just going to fit the bill. You know, you have to just think of ways where, you know, how can I interact with this person, um, even if it's, you know, talking about articles or, you know, updates within, you know, the market. There's always something mm. that you can kind of touch base around, I think.
Yeah, fantastic. Great advice. Um, so the other element of your role, again, you touched on it at the beginning, is that you do regional recruitment. So you do do stuff in London as well. But when um, if people haven't heard the term kind of regional recruitment, just explain what that means. So in basic terms, anything that sits outside of London. Yeah. So um, I, I suppose we kind of like to try and divide it up within the business um, and thinking, OK, so we've got Scotland, Northern Ireland, we've mm -hmm. got sort of the north of England, you know, your Manchester, Leeds, that kind of area. And then we've got Midlands, the south, and then, um, you know, right the way down to, you know, we've got I'm working on roles in Southampton, Brighton, mm -hmm. you know, Wales. So, yeah, anything that literally lands outside of London will be worked by myself. <laughs> Fab. Okay, lovely. That's again why you're very busy. Um, so how do you think working regional recruitment? So what we're essentially saying, the fundamental of that is you're recruiting in geographies where you're not based, right? So you're based in London. We do a lot of face-to-face -face meetings and work building relationships at Eames. It's been, you know, a real cornerstone of how we do business. It's not physically possible for you to do that with all your clients and candidates, right? So how does it differ in terms of what you do day to day? And I suppose the considerations you have when it comes to building relationships with candidates and clients when you can't nip round the corner and go and meet them for a coffee or go to the offices that frequently and things like that? That's a good question. And I think, you know, there's it works different for all the clients that I work with, to be honest with you. Um, I'm in quite a fortunate position that because I am now based in London, um, a lot of HR contacts, hiring managers, they will physically be based in London as well. So mm -hmm. I, I do have, you know, a sort of touch point there, which is great. But a huge chunk of what I do is, of course, outside of London. Um, and one interesting thing that I suppose I've recognised over the past you know, year, really, is companies have, insurance companies have also become more flexible in terms of remote mm -hmm. working also. So actually, um, you know, with your HR, my HR contacts, not all, all of them are based in London. You know, they're based mm -hmm. here, there and everywhere working yeah. remotely. So actually to, to build a relationship with them, they're almost working as hard as I am to establish a good working relationship and a partnership more than anything else. Because at the end of the day, it's not just a relationship I want with the clients I work with. I want a partnership that's going to be sort of beneficial for everyone mm. involved, so to speak. So um, it can be challenging at times trying to get hold of people, things like that. But, you know, I feel like if you put the graft in, it's definitely more than achievable to um, establish really good working relationships with people on a, a semi-remote basis. Yeah. And, um, you know, further down the line, if I'm ever up in Manchester, Leeds or wherever, I feel like I'd be more than capable to, you know, drop a line and yeah, absolutely. And, someone, and I think they'd be happy to do that as well. So, um, yeah, that that's basically what I would see on that. Oh, okay, lovely. And um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. My, my next question would be, do you think COVID and the pandemic and that extra level of flexibility has, 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 has helped because it's got everybody a bit more used to remote working, hasn't it, if you know what I mean? But from your answer there, that, you know, that is clear that that's something that you've seen, which is fantastic. Um, you mentioned a great word there. I, I jotted it down as you said it. You like to work, not just have a relationship, but a partnership with your clients and your candidates as well, I'm sure. But if we, if we just focus on the clients for a second in particular, what for you is the distinction between a relationship with a client, but then also working in that next level of partnership with them? As cheesy as it is, I think it's almost going over and above. Um, and, you know, you can, I could work, um, you know, 
opportunities until the, the cows come home and fill jobs. You know, with my, my eyes closed, I like to think. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we do, I, um, I think that to go over and above, what you have to do is, you know, show where you can physically add value to businesses as well. And, you mm-hmm. know, maybe if there's areas where, um, you know, from the relationship you've developed, um, if you can add value where um, sort of market, mm. the market is landing and things like that. Um, yeah. Oh, Danny, I've totally lost and my what, train of thought. No, that's okay. And what do you what do you want back from clients? Because partnership is a two way thing, right? So you know there are. I mean, I've worked in recruitment a long time. There were clients that I know wanted to work with me very much. Here's a job vacancy. Here's the job spec. You might get a job briefing and we might tell you a little bit more detail, but just send us some candidates and let's see what happens. That's not a partnership, is it? Do you know what I mean? So are there things that you look for in the way that clients actually want to engage with you as a recruiter that that you would look for to say, actually, that's a client that wants to work in partnership with me, if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think showing, um, you can see from quite early on if a client wants to engage with you at, mm-hmm. on a partnership level but sometimes you yeah. do have to kind of nurture relationships a little bit more to get to that stage absolutely mm. um and that all comes from adding value you know yeah. where they maybe don't necessarily know that they need it um yeah, whether very that's true. recommending candidates or um you know letting them know about um updates within the market that sort of thing yeah so um yeah it's really just about identifying areas where you can add value um, and almost demonstrating that even if the client isn't necessarily as receptive to it in the first instance. Absolutely. And I think we've all had clients like that, haven't we? You know, sometimes you have to, being a partner means, you know, it's the same as any partnership in your life, marriage, you know, friends, et cetera. Part of it is giving feedback as well, isn't it? So giving guidance and advice and knowing that that is received. And um, I know that's absolutely part of how you work with your clients. If they need to, you know, speed up a process a little bit or do something slightly differently is being able to kind of give that advice and know that it's received in the right way and that as a recruiter you can have an influence over those processes and and you know how that client works to to onboard talent essentially definitely definitely cool so heather to wrap up what would you say obviously the name of the podcast is secrets of success so what would you say are your kind of two top secrets of success for being a you know a top performing recruiter for anybody that's listening to this um so for me the first one would be 100 if you have tools available to you um such as databases and things like that utilize them to the best of their ability from the get-go um you know there's just so much value that they can add to you longer yeah. term um you know it might seem like you know um such an effort to track different things on there you know yeah. when you are still learning and you want to get on the phone and just kind of dive right into things mm. but actually the the longer term goal here is to build um a really successful recruitment desk and I think Absolutely. the first step to that is you know setting down the foundations of a really solid database great advice yeah great um, advice. and I would say just on a sort of personality level is just to try and remain as positive as possible um, yeah which can be so difficult sometimes you know if you are having challenging conversations or if things maybe aren't working out as well as you would hope um it's really just thinking okay well if I put the work in realistically things will work out in the end um so yeah just trying to have as much of a, a positive mindset as possible is probably the best advice I could give I think that's absolutely brilliant advice and what a great note to end today on. So thank you very much for your time, Heather. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you.